This is Critical Nonsense, our high lowbrow show about culture, science, and tech. This week, Aaron asks us about procrastinativity. Hi, I'm a baboon. I'm like a man, just less advanced, and my anus is huge. This is what a Joey sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) When I was young, I never needed baboon. You totally lost me, Joey. I I was so ready for this one. I was going to Celine Dion it, but this is what an Aaron sounds like. Uh. And this is what an executive producer and National Geographic photographer, Jess Vander, sounds like. Hi, this is Jess. <laughs> snap, <Yeah>. snap. <laughs> Very. Emerson, Emerson is that uh, initial part came from Lil Dicky's Earth Day fundraising song that he did with like Whoa. a bunch of celebrities that huh. Emerson discovered and can tell Google to play for her. And it's just full of swears and, you know, like crass blue humor. And she was singing it walking up to her second day of kindergarten. And we got about like 100 feet away. And I was like, okay, you can't sing that anymore. Remember, we don't say those words inside. And, you know, it's just like, it, it's full of things like, I'm a fat fucking pig. I'm a common fungus. And it's just like a cartoon video. That, and I'm like, remember. And she's like, yes, we don't say fucking at school. And I'm like, correct. Great. God, I love that kid. You're like, you're allowed to say it. You just can't say it in a way that makes me look like I'm a bad <laughs> Yeah, I just told yes. her, I was like, you'll get in trouble. Like, I'm warning you now. Like, you'll get in trouble. Like, you're going to hear me say it. You can choose whatever. But like, you say it at school. You say it in a restaurant. She said at the bookstore the other day that she's like, she's like, I don't want a book with a fucking octopus on it. And I was, and some lady just like, I watched the lady's face go, like turn sideways and look at her and then laugh and go back. And I was like, okay, new teaching moment. The store is a public space. Can't so, do it yeah. there. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it at the store. That was housekeeping. That was how Joey is doing his housekeeping. I love it. Rate, review, subscribe, uh, and don't fucking. Fuck. Okay. There we go. Right. <laughs> Octopus books. E. We're getting an E on this episode. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. I've wanted uh, one since 1989. Thank you, typical. <laughs> um, Aaron, what was, do you got for us? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I <laughs> yesterday afternoon, um, I I I went through my calendar, and I don't know if anybody else does this, but like. I literally went. I also through... have a calendar. Whoa! Yes. All right. I've got compadres in this, but I I went down this like kind of mini rabbit hole where I was like, "Gee, Willikers, I feel like I feel like it's been a lot lately. Let me just go back in time. Has it been a lot? Like, let me look at the empirical data of my calendar to see if that's true." And I went back and I was like, "Oh yes, I have not started my day later than eight o'clock. I've, I've started my day later than eight o'clock." uh uh three times in five months and i was like oh okay that for me for me personally that's (laughs) that is not a great that's not good that's that's maybe a sign that like oh there's a reason why i'm a little bit overwhelmed but anyway 
the afternoon presses on and I'm just like, oh my God, I have this thing that I have to do. I've got to write this document. It's going to take brain power. And I just, I, I can't. And like a procrastination like moment really kicked in. And I was like, I got to procrastinate. And, and then, and then I just started doing things really productive that were not the thing I should be doing. I was like, oh, yeah, I need to go outside and cover the grill. I've been meaning to just do that. Oh, I need to build the whole case for all of the outdoor furniture covers. You know what? Let me just do that. Let me just, like, do that. It's been sitting there in the door frame this whole time. I, let me just do that. Oh, wait, I haven't cleaned the dishes. There's, like, three dishes in the sink. Let me just make sure that those are clean. Oh, you know what? If I clean the dishes, I should clean the top of the stove. I should just make sure that that's nice. To and it was by that fourth task where I was like, I don't think this is how most people procrastinate. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, I think that most people procrastinate by just like watching TV or like just laying on the floor and staring at the ceiling for a while and worrying about other things, you know, like, that. Um, like a healthy person. Right, right. And so I, re you know, I, I, I just thought about it and I was like, so this is like productivity and procrastination portmanteau. I'm experiencing procrastivity, this like very <laughs> heightened state of, of getting shit done when I'm not getting the thing done that I should maybe be getting done. And I Googled it like not that creative. Other people have said it. You know, I'm not the first person to use words, but. I'm not the first person to ever have anxiety. <laughs> and that you're, you're getting at the question that I have for you today, which is in what ways is procrastivity useful or not? I mean, it sounds like it's very useful, at least for you. I mean, like, as you're talking about it, it sounds like you had a lovely little afternoon. Like <laughs> you got outside, you got things done. Your like guilt was assuaged about that box sitting in the doorway. Like net net sounds good. I'm sure the document was eventually created. Like it was. So it was. So feels pretty good. I mean, like my version of procrastination, I think, is probably just it is like different and makes me wonder if like everyone has mm. like if you have like a procrastination style like whether there's like mm. a set like you're one of four types of procrastinators <laughs> <laughs> or like like i don't just so what seem what? like a procrastinator <laughs> so i'm like do you have one jess before before Jess um, responds to this malicious attack on her character, no. <laughs> what's Joey? What's your what's your style then? You mentioned that you have a style. What is your style of procrastination? I mean, I get I I think I do tend to like at least in the context of work, probably more than personal life, do sort of the procrastinativity thing of like I'm not there, but I tend to have a little bit more of like what is it called? Like the Eisenhower grid or mm -hmm. something the like Eisenhower that? Eisenhower matrix. matrix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I tend to have more of that, like make, make a set of priorities. And I also know that I'm, I'm more effective when it, there's urgency. So I'm like, what's the most urgent? I'll do that thing because I'll feel the urgency. And so it just tends to be like following the urgency 
mm. as opposed like there is very little that I'm getting done before it needs to get done. <laughs> like it's that's just mm. reality, you know. Mm-hmm. Procrastinurgency. I see. Okay. 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 <laughs> I, I'm making the. I'm writing them all down. <laughs> this is gonna be a thing. Urgination. So, that sounds urgination. Like a disease. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm leaking. <laughs> ew, 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 I mean, ew. that's exactly. So, but but now to go back to to that full frontal assault. Jess, do you when you do is this how do you relate to these this concept of procrastination? Well, she doesn't procrastinate. This is not true, though. I think what Aaron, you're making me realize is like I think there there may be actually three states because I do think I lean on the third one more than I should. The first state you mentioned, which is procrastinativity of like you in my head, I think of it almost like you're stealing yourself for the thing that you just like you're not ready to face it so you're gonna take on the mini bosses before you take on the big mm. boss you're like you're it's it's not time mm. I'll, I'll i'll get other things done i'll like i'll like you know gotta get some xp i'll psych myself up yes. exactly i'm getting yes. i'm getting the xp i'm getting momentum and then when i've hit my stride and i'm feeling you know i've got all my power-ups or whatever i'm like all right let's do this the second kind is the one that you're like is this the default where people are sort of um, avoidant of the thing mm-hmm. by uh, it's, I guess it, the productivity is avoidance too, but this is a, um, this is sort of like a downward spiral avoidance where it's like, I'm going to do something and not think about it, but it will still be in the back of my mind and I'll feel bad about myself as I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, and then afterwards I'll feel worse. Cause I'm like, wow, I'm even further away than where I started. And that's a very dangerous place. Uh, and is also, I think, very common, and I absolutely, um, I understand and have for sure um, partaken in this strategy. But the third, which I think I do too often, is what I think is the the brute force procrastination method, which mm-hmm. is where I know I don't have any new inspiration, I don't have another idea, and for some reason, I'm spending another three hours trying the same way you know it's like the what is it the einstein or you know like why you keep trying with it and expecting a different Mm -hmm. result like Mm -hmm. but i i absolutely do that maybe out of frustration at like why i can't crack it so i'm like if i if i just like shake the hell out of it a little Mm -hmm. bit harder like maybe i'll get there (laughs) and it and it's actually only when you have the sort of breath that is the procrastinativity of like, all right, fine. I, I have to go for a walk or I have to eat dinner. I just have to do something else mm-hmm. that suddenly you're like, oh, actually, I have a good idea. <laughs> I, I, the, first, the first one is, is like the way that you spoke about procrastinativity is, is definitely is the same thing that Aaron is talking about. But I think it's a healthier way to talk <laughs> about it, Aaron. Yes, yes, uh, yes. But it's. It, it, it's also the, I do think I do that where I'm like, I, I create space for slow thinking where I'll mm. check in. I keep checking back in with a task and I'm like, nah, not ready. It's not cooked. It's not like I haven't background processed this enough to like know what I want to do. So then I just move, I move on and then I, like, and the urgency builds and, 
the urgency sort of like gets you to come back to the task more, but I'll still wait and be like, I don't, I I don't have it figured out yet. Like, and so the slow thinking part of it, like while you were doing the furniture, (laughs) the furniture Mm -hmm. building and stuff like that, like you may have been like still thinking about this document in that time, but it was a healthier way than to what Jess was saying of just staring at like a blank page or something. Right. You know, uh, this is very interesting. And this is why when you said the thing about anxiety, I thought it was really interesting because like, uh, one, I, th- I think that well, anxious- I have that. <laughs> yeah. One, I have that <laughs> in so many ways. Uh, you are so right. And I think that with it, I think that it can dull your background processing capability because it pulls the background mm. thoughts into the foreground. And then like background thoughts that otherwise could maybe be receded or recessive are competing with the things that are more dominant, like task orientation or like immediate, you know, engagement. And so when you the idea of making space for slow thinking, I find very quaint, kind of like a Victorian village. Like, I don't think that I can go to that place. I don't I don't have a time travel equipment to get there. Uh, but the thing that I, the thing that I do, and maybe this is like, uh, to, to tease these two like valences of procrastinativity apart is that like, I can't, it's almost like, it's like, it's more about like the amount of gas that I have in the tank. It's less Mm, so about like building up or stealing myself for being able to take on the task. And it's like the the front loaded tank is now empty. So like I could switch over to that thing, but it's going to, it's just going to take three times as long. It's not going to be as good because there's not enough fuel. And the only way for me to refuel is to, and this is also the plight of knowledge work, right? Is like to go do something that requires less frontal lobe capacity. And that's Mm -hmm. why it kind of makes sense that it's like build something like make a thing. You got to get the gumption. You got to get the gumption. What? I like it. What? <laughs> That's why I repeated the, it back. And then I'm like, I don't yeah. get it in this context, but I like it. Like you, you need the gumption to, oh, I see to like saying. do the thing. Didn't we talk about, was it Maya Angelou that talked about the little brain and the big brain that mm. she would lock herself in like a hotel when she was trying to like write a book? I think it was mm. Maya Angelou. Obama was she was trying to write thing. a book. I don't know. Yeah. I, Obama used to like, he's famous for every book he wrote. He would like, get into the office and disappear from the family for three months. And Michelle was yeah. like, yep, he's in book mode. That's what he does. But she would go, but she would be like, I need the big brain to write my book, but I need to keep my brain going. And mm. so she, the little brain was her doing word puzzles, like crossword mm. puzzles or like little word puzzles. And I think like what we're talking about, like you doing the yard furniture or whatever is like little brain. Like it was a thing to keep you moving. You didn't know how to construct whatever you're doing, but it, it's not requiring a lot of you. So you yes. can sort of fill the tank, but like your brain is not like completely turned off because the uh, jumpstart the engine again is a, is a whole lot harder than, you know, being a perpetual motion machine. And I, I guess I wonder too, if like, 
you know, within that, there's some optimism. There's some intention to it. And in all the ways that we've been talking about it, even though it, it there's an element of like, I, I'm not going to do that right now. It's not with the exception of procrastinavoidance, which, again, I'm still trying to make them all portmanteaus. With the exception of procrastinavoidance, all of them have the intention of doing the thing. Like all of them, like, and in the example that I keep on bringing up, like literally after I got through all that stuff, I was like, okay, I can go back and I can write this thing. And I could, and I knocked it out in a reasonable amount of time. And like, it was of, of good quality. But I think that like, there is that other side of it, which is the, which is what I don't necessarily identify with, which is like, actually avoiding the thing of like dreading it and worrying about it like I absolutely am a turn into the wind and just do it I want to do the hardest thing first because that's when I have the most fuel like if it is the most difficult the most time consuming the most energy depleting I want to do it when I've got the full tank so I don't run out halfway through but like I know that there are people who are just who experience that like I just don't wanna and I really don't wanna Yes. And this is, I think, you know, we've been talking a lot about what I guess I would call like the more optimistic view of procrastination, which is like, look, you can have all this self-awareness and it's all like in service of your fill of filling your tank or lateral thinking or, you know, mm -hmm. just like slow thinking, all that type of stuff. But lest we not forget that uh, sloth is a deadly sin. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and 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 there's something in there's something in this that I wonder like you know do we all secretly hate this about ourselves or not so secretly we 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 not so secretly hate this thing about ourselves that sometimes we're not immediately ready to go and like have all the thoughts like you know it how do we grapple with this like culturally and societally established construct that like if you're not getting it done right now you're lazy yeah and you're worthless like literally that is the <laughs> and, thing and you're <laughs> dumb and you can't read good <laughs> no but like I, I love that you brought that up because there's the personal side of it and there's the societal and cultural side of it and like th like the nature of capitalism is to ensure that people are products and in knowledge work, your brain and your amount, your capacity to produce is your product. And so there is a moral, there is in addition to like a, um, uh, a higher order, you must be productive vibe in America in particular. Like that's very rooted in our culture, not all cultures. In addition to like, you know, the Protestant work ethic that also is a big part of the country, there's a moral element to it that's been baked into it as well. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying like, it's not just that you are like, man, I can't get this done. I wish I could. There is still a thread of like, you are a bad person if you can't produce and your mind is your tool. And so what do you, what do you do? So you're there cleaning the stove, but you're secretly like, damn it. I'm, like, I can't, I'm like, I'm just here cleaning this stove. Like probably should be writing this thing. I'm not. Right. putting the thing on the thing yes yeah sorry sorry goody jess but you are a, a, a bad protestant or it's whatever. actually yeah. it's actually we it always comes back to self-loathing it always it's does always it's just like always back there yes the thing the thing that 
frustrates me just in like the share, like because it's different is that I feel like I have a reserve tank somewhere that I have no personal access to mm-hmm. that is like an externally derived reserve tank mm. that someone else can get access to my reserve tank. But when I want to use my reserve mm-hmm. tank, not enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, Something shitty happens, something urgent happens, like someone really needs help, like reserve tank is there. When I need a thing (laughs) where I'm like, I have to write this new business proposal and I just don't want to, Mm -hmm. like, no, reserve tank, inaccessible. If you were like, I really need to write this new business proposal and I don't want to, I'd be like... I'm here to help. I have mm. all the energy in the world because I have a backup <laughs> battery that you. I use just for other people. <laughs> like, you know. Yes. I identify with that deeply. Yeah. Well, I know that we're about to to put a button on it. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you have the opportunity to say words silly, why don't you? That's the that's the gift yeah. of living. It's amazing. Um I I I do think that like challenging those ideas of why am I so lazy, like the slothfulness, <laughs> challenging the idea that like that productivity is a virtue, that the ability to produce is this highest order thing. I do think there's value in taking a look at that and questioning when it's when it's serving you and when it's not. And then mm-hmm. Perhaps then when you're scrubbing your stove, you don't have a different voice that's saying, damn it, I really need to stop doing this and doing the big thing. And you can just say, finally, my home is cleaner. And you can enjoy the fact that maybe it's not procrastinativity. It's actually still productivity and you're still in the trap. (laughs) And you need to like. You're great. you You need to just be. Allow yourself to just be. Joey's wrap-up corner is you're great, Aaron. Oh, Jess, how about your wrap-up corner? <laughs> yes. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't procrastinate. I certainly didn't procrastinate. <laughs> as inevitable as time is, <laughs> we find ourselves burdened with tasks responsibilities etc and we have several different ways of coping with them some of them may be aware of what we need and aware of you know not being in the right headspace sometimes that can be a really healthy thing where we give ourselves the grace and generosity to fight the mini bosses make space for ourselves even just watch something dumb because you need that right now. Sometimes uh, it can be a little darker and we don't give ourselves that grace and we stare at the clock and we think, my God, what a worthless lump I am and whatever Aaron said earlier, that was funny. (laughs) It's a weird thing because at the end of the day, the clock ticks again, the deadline bears, and all of that is in our own heads. And it feels like there's something really freeing about that because our mindset is the only thing that distinguishes watching reality TV productively (laughs) or not. (laughs) So I choose to live in a world 
Mm. For this brief pause for RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star <laughs> 7 is a valuable use of my time. <laughs> and I'll get it done at some point. And now it's time for Werner Herzog's wrap-up <laughs> corner. <laughs> time is inevitable. And Werner, that's it is my wrap-up corner. <laughs> a slow march down the checkoff list into the abyss. I am silent. I am stunned. Someone revive me. I am I'm laid out. I love it. I love it. Critical Nonsense is a Werner Herzog production. Brought to you by externally processing out loud in public. Gee, this feels more awkward than therapy. <laughs> As always, we'd like to thank our executive producer and executive producer, Jess Vander. You're welcome. We'd also like to thank sound engineer and uh, that blank word, Alex Contel. <laughs> We'd like to thank our programming coordinator and program champion, Les Jacobs. You're a champion. Uh, Zara Gilbert and uh, Nora Mesters, we want to thank you as well for not just being the production crew, but also for being essentially the pit crew for uh, our version of RuPaul's Drag Race, which is Critical Nonsense. So thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and as always, <laughs> thank you, Zaria Lynn. Uh, special thanks. Work! <laughs> special thanks. Randomly the other day, I thought of Eric Repair's repair Yes! Thoughts. Yes! <laughs> you should always think about and it. And I want to I just special thank Bonjour. Joey for right now doing the voice. <laughs> Please bring back Eric Repair. Eric Repair's Eric Repair for time. Bonjour. Welcome to Eric Repair's repair shop where we make crepes and fix your tiles. Sounds like you're the Michelin man choking on a croissant, <laughs> and I love it because that's what Eric Repair's Repair Shop is here for. Um, I want to thank uh, The View for coming back from their summer break, even though Whoopi is recovering from COVID. Like, I am back in it. It feels good. I'm here for it. Sunny, don't stop. That's basically it. Yeah. I would like to thank you for letting me know that The View still is on television. Yo, yo, I am so grateful in this thanking moment that I got to remind you of that because, ooh, joy. Ooh, joy doesn't make a lot of sense. Joy just talks sometimes and you're like, ooh, what? Quah? Um, but you know, I also really quickly need to thank, um, I've got three of them. Uh, the Outdoors and Bug Spray, uh, really good. Um, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Um, yep. I'm with y'all now, and I have, I now, I am now gonna have to join a D&D campaign. Like, this is Aaron? it. This is happening. Oh, Aaron? Oh this is goodness. finally happening. Oh um, I'm playing it too. Oh, we have to do, oh, we can do multiplayer together. Oh, we can figure it oh out. We can God. figure out the time zone oh thing and God. do it. Okay. We have, we have, yeah, we've got three games going on in our house right now, <laughs> so it's a lot. <laughs> um, and also Final Fantasy 16. That's my last special thanks. Uh, it's really hard to play that in Baldur's Gate at the same time, but uh, man, Final Fantasy 16 is is really great. 
it's a fun single player romp and go do it and not a romp. find find your thanks token. to romps yeah thanks to romps not rompers no screw rompers romps though romp hymns like thank you romp hymns all right romp hymns all right yeah summer 2019 i know you i know you i know you have at least one romp him i had it before it was cool that's what i will say because it was not the romp him brand (laughs) did you just passe aggressive me wow that's joey (laughs) joey wins the podcast today thank you and good night all the points goodbye that was it (laughs) oh good day to you love you mean it bye bye Howdy, y'all. Welcome to the first thing that you're ever going to need and the last thing you won't need. Do you have baked goods that need to be fixed back up? Do you have a patch for all those layers of pastries? Well, I've got some news for you. Welcome to Eric Repair's Pastry Repairs. (laughs) Bonjour, madame. I'm Eric Repair. I had no idea you still retained such a strong French accent. Oh, I have a broken pastry. Oh my god, your pie needs a patch. Why is every dessert so fragile? Zoot your macaron. Someone call the creme brulee, cause someone cracked its top open. Oh, don't worry, madame, I have my blowtorch. Eric Repair, is it okay if I just took a bite out of it? Oh, yes. With pastry repair, you can eat everything. Don't let your royal icing get a rusty crown. Wee-haw! Oh, thank you for coming to Eric Repair's Repair Shop, where we repair your broken pastries. Mon Dieu!